1977, I was in the sixth grade, growing up in the suburbs of Chicago, and I already knew. I already knew that I was different. I didn't know what it was called, but I was different than all the other junior high school students. That's what we called it in the old day, junior high. Now it's middle school. It was also in sixth grade that I realized that everybody else around me knew it too. In sixth grade, three seventh grade boys who had been tormenting me for the whole year of sixth grade picked me up one day in the hallway and they opened a locker door and they put me inside of it and they slammed the door. They were laughing. I was not laughing. And it was during a busy passing period as other sixth, seventh, and eighth graders walked back and forth in front of the locker and I looked out the four slots that we all know are in every locker and I waited until the bell rang and all the other kids were in class and I waited until one of the janitors walked by pushing a broom and I said, help. And he opened the door and he just shook his head. I remember wondering what I had done to deserve it, to deserve to be humiliated, to be shoved and locked in a locker. And I couldn't come up with any reason why. And I also remember that no matter who I was or where I was or what I was, I would come home to a very different message. The message from my parents was, you are perfect the way you are. In fact, you're pretty smart and you're funny too. And you're gonna be whoever and whatever you want in this lifetime, wherever you go in the world. I was very different in this way too. Because unlike many gay and lesbian kids, my parents loved me almost completely and unconditionally. They did not shame me, kick me out, or disown me. I did not end up beaten on the streets, on drugs, out of school, living in a marginalized, lonely existence, or God forbid, like many teens in the 70s and 80s, committing suicide. Instead, I ended up here loved, and the leader of a very beloved community. But I know that still, today, there are many people living in the closet and also living in lockers the way that I was all those years ago. As I said before, this week is not really about marriage. Marriage was merely the symbol, the symbol of freedom and equality for people, yes, the LGBT community who had been living without basic rights for all of our lives, and yes, because DOMA and Prop 8 have been overturned, couples and families will be given the status and the protection that we deserve. But more than that, on Wednesday, the LGBT community has been given the dignity and the freedom and the rights that all people in this country and in fact in this world deserve. Edith Windsor and Thea Spire, two nice Jewish girls, who probably if they'd been living at another time would be grandmas by now, were partners for 42 years. And even after being married in Toronto in 2007, they were not afforded the same rights as any other married couples in New York or the US. And when Thea died in, nine, in 2009 after Edith had nursed her and supported her for over 20 years through MS, Edith had a broken heart and she suffered a heart attack. And when she returned home from the hospital, she found that she owed the government over $360,000 in inheritance taxes. She seemed an unlikely heroine, 
but she became all of ours in this country. She said that she is proud to fight for something bigger than herself, not just about her and her love and that couple that she was in. But she said she hopes that through her struggle to make all gay, teen all gay teenagers feel that they can fall in love and know that there's a future, that children of gay couples won't feel the need to explain their families over and over again, and that maybe, because of what happened on Wednesday, she hopes that homophobia is slowly and surely becoming something of the past. She said, I feel like I'm representing all of them. It only took the loss of her partner and not having any rights and 42 years to get there. Now, I have to say that the gay community could really learn a lot from the Jewish community. Now, the Jewish community has been incredibly supportive. 81% of Jews in this country have supported marriage equality. There's only one group in this country that has supported marriage equality more than the Jews. You know who that is? The gays. <laughs> All the Jewish Supreme Court justices, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Stephen Breyer, Ilana Kagan, voted with the majority against DOMA. And the key attorney representing Edith Windsor was Roberta Kaplan. She's not Episcopalian, she's Jewish. <laughs> so who would have thought that these two women would be on the front page of the New York Times? And who would have thought that it would happen this past Wednesday? I certainly didn't, and I know how slowly and how quickly time passes. Now, one thing that I think many people are unaware of is specifically what it meant, because there's this saying, well, there's 1,100 rights that gays and lesbians don't have if they can't get married. So I want to explain to you just one of them. When my son Eli was born, he was born to his birth mother, Deborah, and we had every intention of raising him with two mothers. But because of the laws in California, which prohibit gays and lesbians from getting married, I could not adopt him. And what that meant is that, God forbid, something happened without paternity on his birth certificate, if something happened to his other mom, Deborah, he could become a ward of the state. So at the time, which was 17 years ago, we decided to go through the process that only gays and lesbians who couldn't get married had to go through in order to protect their families and their children from that fate. What that meant was that you applied for something called a co-adoption, which was like going through an adoption, but it was just for gays and lesbians, and you hired your own attorney, and then the state sent you a state-mandated social worker to your home three times where they came and they visited to see if your home was an okay home so that you could adopt your own kid. Then, after paying for that, you had to go see a therapist twice to make sure that you were a fit parent and you really knew what you were getting yourself into. The social worker came the three times, we went to the therapist twice, and the lawyer said that you just need to be prepared for the fact that because of our governor, Pete Wilson, who, like, at the time, every time I heard Pete Wilson's name, I thought of Heyman. <laughs> that, that even if it's in the best interest of Eli to be adopted by his own parents, she's going to recommend against the adoption, because she has to, because of Pete Wilson's mandate. And she came to our house a third time, and she looked around, and she said, I know you've been here since conception. I know you have every intention to co-parent this boy, but I have to recommend against the adoption. Take that to the court. She handed us the stack of papers this big, we called the lawyer and she said, don't worry, there's one judge in all of Alameda County who pushes through gay adoptions. So you can only go once a month. 
If that judge is sick, you don't go that day. You have to wait again for the next month. So that's what we did. We endured these humiliating stumbling blocks and filled out all the paperwork. I filled it out as though I was actually adopting Eli and Deborah filled it out as if she was giving him up for adoption in order to protect him so that he would be safe. So try telling your two-year-old that your EMA is adopting you. That's why we're here in this building. That's why you're in front of a judge. Try telling a two-year-old that we're in a courtroom so the state of California can tell us whether we're a family or not. Try telling your two-year-old that you just spent $20,000 to be his mother. After he brought him home from the hospital, changed his diapers, held him in his bris, you were already driving him to school every single day to this school. It was that year in 1997 that I got here and I became your rabbi. You might not know this, but when the letter went out to the congregation 16 years ago that I was going to be joining the clergy, a few people called Rabbi Pierce. They thought he was out of his mind. So those few people, a couple of them said, Rabbi Pierce, I don't care who she is. I want her away from the pulpit. I don't want to have to see her. You put her in the religious school with the kids. And then a couple other people called him and said, I don't care. Put her up on the pulpit. I don't want her around kids. <laughs> Good thing Rabbi Pierce was a diplomat. And then there was one couple who said to him, we're going to leave the temple if she's there by Rosh Hashanah. And they walked in, walked down the main aisle of the main sanctuary, and there I was on the pulpit. And they made good on their word, and they turned around on Rosh Hashanah, and they walked out of the congregation. And then they came back because I was their granddaughter's guide rabbi for her bat mitzvah. And we stood on the bima together, and we said the Shech And I knew that things had changed. This week is about love, about justice in families, about equal rights, and about freedom. But it's not just about celebration. It's about taking into account our own lives, our own souls, and every action that we take. Because this week we saw the LGBT community gain, and we saw another group, minority voters, especially African-American community members, lose. And I was inspired this week, standing with members of the clergy, when a black lesbian minister said, we should not say, this week we won. Instead, we should say, we are all one. Many of you might be familiar with the famous picture of Dr. Martin Luther King marching arm in arm with Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel. And until this week, I didn't know that that picture, there, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but Google it. It's an amazing picture. They're all wearing lays. I don't know why, like Hawaiian lays. Um, but I didn't know that that march, the day that they were all together, was the very day that they were supporting the voter right Acts, the Voter Rights Act, which is the same act that the Supreme Court gutted this week, and that the Civil Rights and the Voting Rights Acts were crafted by civil rights leaders in the, our own reform movement's Religious Action Center's building, because that's where it all started, with the Jews and the African-American community joining together for civil rights legislation. Martin Luther King said many beautiful things, but this week I heard this one. Change does not roll in on the, wheels of on the wheels of inevitability, but comes through continuous struggle. And so we must straighten our backs and work for our freedom. A man can't ride you unless your back is bent. And so tonight I want to end with appreciation. 
I want to offer you my most profound thanks, members of my Jewish community, this Jewish home who supported me and through me supported so many others who needed light and love, the couples who I married not once, not twice, but even three times, the couples who were separated from one, one another because try as I might, I could not find a job or a spouse of the opposite gender to marry them, the teenagers who, unlike me, had a rabbi to go to when they were scared or confused or just wanted somewhere safe to talk. So many of you have walked the walk along the way for the past decades of struggle for equal rights. I am proud of all of us. I'm proud of this congregation, of this city, and now of this country. And I don't take any of it for granted. Not this week, not this Shabbat, not once, never. And so I want to end tonight by asking any, now I, I always say that marriage is marriage. And when I do, when I marry a couple under a chuppah, it doesn't matter if they are Jewish and non-Jewish. It doesn't matter if they are gay or straight, bisexual or transgender. I just do a wedding because it's all equal in the eyes of God. But right now I want to give those members of our community who either have been married, who are in the LGBT community or want to be married, and I will tell you the wonderful news is that the Ninth Circuit Court about two hours ago lifted the stay and right now in City Hall there are people getting married who have not been able to for their whole lives. So I would like to invite any LGBT couples who have been married or would like to get married now that it's legal to come up here and we'll say a Shekhianu for all of us.